Tonight I've titled the message, Nothing But Manna. Nothing But Manna. Now, uh, this is one of my favorite topics here. Uh, have you ever been excited for a certain meal? That, that's my favorite topic, food. <laughs> I love food. You know, so have you ever gotten like super excited over a certain meal? Uh, maybe uh, your wife has made your, your, your favorite meal and you, you walk in the door and you can smell it and you're getting excited. and It's on the table and you're just you're smiling bigger than you've ever smiled before. Uh, I, it, I just love when, when good food is around, you know. Uh, so uh, tonight we're talking about manna. So it led me to thinking a lot about bread. Um, it just where my mind went, you know, when we're talking about manna. So I started thinking about those Cheddar Bay biscuits at Red Lobster. You know, everybody loves those, right? And they're just like dripping with butter and everything. And they're horrible for you, but they taste just so good. Uh, you know, and, and actually they're so good that Autumn actually bought a box to make at home this week. And we actually had those tonight. So it, it just worked out that way. Some people love those breadsticks at Olive Garden. It's another one of Autumn's favorites. <laughs> the breadsticks at Olive Garden. I love the salad there. I know that's kind of a healthy thing for me to like, but, you know, it, it's pretty good. Uh, but then you also think of the rolls at Texas Roadhouse. You know, everybody's going to go out to eat afterwards, right? Uh, so there's, there's good food. I, I was just in the bread, you know, phase there. I could talk about all kinds of other good food, you know, as well. But I, I love a good meal. I get excited over good meals, and, and think about how that makes you feel and think and act, that excitement. Uh, when you see that amazing meal, you start smiling, right? Uh, and you, you get filled with this happiness and this joy, uh, and, and you start infecting everyone around you, though, uh, because you're so happy, you're so excited, you're so full of joy that everyone around you, they're starting to get happier also. It's contagious. Uh, pretty soon you've talked everybody in, uh, around you into being just as happy and as excited as you are. Unless they hate that meal and then maybe, maybe they won't be quite so happy. Uh, but uh, this also will make us feel thankful. This Being excited over something makes you feel thankful and grateful uh, for what you're about to receive. It will also make you feel happy uh, and closer with the person that provided it to you. Uh, the feeling uh, and, and the actions you take during this time will become a blessing to your relationship between you and the one that provided it for you. Now we're going to take a look at the children of Israel tonight. Uh, and this is where we're going to start. Uh, this excitement, this exciting time, we're going to start there. We're going to see Israel so excited for something, uh, just like we get excited over those biscuits or rolls or breadsticks or whatever you like, you know. Maybe you like the crazy bread at Little Caesars or something. Everybody's got some kind of bread they like. Uh, so go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 11. And we're going to see that Israel is excited for manna. Israel is excited for manna. Exodus 16, and we'll start in verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it shall come to pass, at even the quail Come, came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. 
And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Now the people here we see at the beginning of this passage, uh, they were in a little bit before that even so. Uh, the people were begging for food. Uh, they were begging for food. They thought that they were starving to death. Uh, they wanted something to eat. They must have been so hungry uh, that they were starting to get delusional because they start to say that they would rather be in Egypt than where they're at now. So I think they're getting a little delusional there. Uh, back in verse 3 of this chapter 16 here, uh, the people were saying that they would rather be in Egypt and they were going to starve to death out here in the wilderness. This led to Israel complaining to God and to Moses and Aaron about the food situation and they were begging for food. Uh, have you ever known someone that would beg for food? Uh, just being honest with you, I used to be that way. Uh, when I was a teenager, I did not mind asking people my wife just said something about me. <laughs> oh, yeah, my daughter's just like me. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Uh, but, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't mind, you know, going up and be like, hey, are we going to get something to eat? Or, you know, you plan on feeding me while I'm here kind of thing. I heard people talking about going out to eat. I just kind of make my way over there and get myself an invitation. Uh, I was not shy about, you know, asking for food. Well, Israel here, they're, they're begging for food. So what does God do? God sends them food. Uh, look at verse 14 again. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And then down to verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, gather of it every man according to his eating. An omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tent. And then down to verse 21. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And then go down to verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. So God sends them some food. They're begging for food. They want food. They're saying they're going to starve to death. Uh, God sends them some food. Israel asked for this food, and God blessed them with some food. God didn't just send them some food, though. God sent them plenty of food. It says in verse 16 there that every family went out and gathered enough food for every person in their family. There was plenty of food. God didn't just give them food or plenty of food, but he gave it to them every single day. Uh, well, six days, and then on the seventh day they rested, but there was twice as much on the sixth day for the seventh day. Uh, God did that for them. He provided enough food for them to eat every single day. So every single day they could go out and see the blessing of God. They could witness this miracle every single day. Uh, God sent them plenty of food. God chose to do it every single day. But God also sent them good food. It was good food. Uh, in verse 31, the people compare it to eating wafers um, with honey. They're saying the flavor, it was like wafers with honey. Wafers uh, simply means some kind of flat cake 
um, I tend to think of pancake, I'm not sure why, but uh, some kind of flat cake with honey. And honey's delicious. Almost nobody don't like honey, right? Uh, so this would also be considered kind of a luxury. They're out in the middle of the wilderness, right? And uh, they got this uh, stuff that tastes like cakes with honey. Uh, that would be somewhat of a, a luxury in their situation. They were starving to death, or at least they thought so. And God gives them this tasty wafer, honey-flavored manna. Uh, now, Psalms chapter 78, verses 23 and 25. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. Now, the psalmist here calls this manna angels' food. Uh, it certainly must be delicious. It sounds delicious to me. Uh, God was blessing them with plenty of good tasting food there. It says that they had enough to their full. Uh, and God did that over and over and over and over again every single day. Now, the people here, they were excited for this manna. Uh, in Exodus chapter 16, the, the verse 15, it starts off, And the children of Israel saw it. They said one to another, it is manna. Uh, the word manna here means what or how, uh, and it's actually with exclamation. It's not just like, oh, what is this? It's more like, uh, like, whoa, what is this? They were excited about it. Uh, it's like when you're on your birthday and you're opening a present, and you say, what is this? Or how did you know? It's one of those, it's that kind of feeling. They're excited over this gift. This is how Israel's feeling when they receive this gift. They're thankful. They're excited about it. God is blessing them with the gift of manna, and they are excited about it. And then look at verse 21, 16, 21. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. They gathered enough to fill their bellies every single day. Uh, this is not probably something you would do if you were not excited about it. You probably wouldn't go out there and, and, and fill your belly every single day about something you're not excited about. Uh, remember, the children of Israel, they weren't afraid to voice their opinion, were they? Uh, they did not mind uh, telling if they didn't like something. Uh, if they weren't excited about this manna, they would have let Moses and everyone else and probably even complained to God about it. Uh, but they didn't because they were excited about it. The people begged for food. God decided to bless them with this manna. And the people were excited about it. They didn't have to grow it. They didn't have to uh, go out and tend it. They didn't have to produce it. They just received it every single day. And there was plenty of it and it tasted good. Uh, the people were excited over this manna. God blessed them with this manna. They were happy about it. They were thankful for it. They were excited over it. Uh, but let's look at how Israel is then ungrateful for manna. Israel gets to be ungrateful for manna. Uh, you can turn to Numbers. You can probably hold your place here. I think we'll be back. Uh, Numbers chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. They said there's nothing at all besides this manna. 
not much time has passed between Israel being excited over this manna uh, and Israel being ungrateful for this manna. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time tonight to do a study on the timeline here, uh, but in Exodus chapter 16, when Israel receives this manna and is excited about this manna, it was about the second month after leaving Egypt. Now, in Numbers chapter 11, it is around the beginning of the second year after Israel left Egypt. And you can find that information in Numbers chapter 10. Uh, this means that there's uh, between one and two years, uh, probably closer to two years between the two events. Uh, this is not really all that long. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the, the faster a year seems to go. I feel like it's like, uh, you know, a rock rolling down a hill and it just keeps getting faster and faster and faster as it goes. Um, but then also, if you compare this amount of time to the total amount of time Israel was in the wilderness, um, Israel wandered around for 40 years. This is only two years uh, in comparison to that 40 years. This two years is only 5% of the total time that they were out there. So not that much time really has gone by. But yet there's a big change in the way Israel thinks and feels about this manna. Israel says there's nothing at all besides this manna. Israel is saying there's, there's nothing but manna here. Uh, Israel is complaining. Uh, they're very, uh, the very stuff that they were thankful for, they were grateful for, they were excited for, they are now complaining about. Uh, there's nothing but manna here. Uh, in, in all honesty, uh, we can get like this too. Uh, think about when uh, the last time you got a new or newer-ish car, and you're all excited about it, and you're telling everyone about it. Now, I know some people are excited about their cars all the time, uh, but on the, it, most of the time, uh, you get this thing, and you're telling everybody, and you're showing pictures to everybody, and you're talking about it, and you're just sitting in it just to sit in it. Uh, but then some years go by, and you start to get ungrateful for it. And then eventually you start complaining about this old car, you know. Uh, th this isn't a perfect example because cars, they break down over time and that gets frustrating and I understand that. Uh, but what, with what God gave them, with manna, there was never anything wrong with it. So it wasn't like they were complaining because something was wrong with it. Uh, the manna that God sent Israel all this time, all, the, all these days, was just as amazing and just as delicious as the very first day that he gave it to them. There is nothing that Israel should be complaining about here. Israel has this wonderful, amazing manna, and it's saving their life. But they are now ungrateful for it. They say there's nothing but manna here. Nothing at all besides this manna. Uh, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, we're going to look at how the world we live in today is doing the very same thing. Doing the very same thing that Israel did back all these years. John chapter 6, we'll look in verse 28. It says, Then said they unto, unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on me whom he hath sent. Believe on him whom he hath sent. They said, therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? 
Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Uh, Jesus is our manna today. Jesus is what saves us today. God sent Jesus from heaven to save us. Uh, in Exodus, Israel was given that manna from God to save them physically from starvation. In our day today, we are given Jesus, the bread of life, from God to save us spiritually from eternal separation from God. Uh, when Jesus arrived here on earth, uh, he brought with him great joy unto all people. When Jesus came, there was singing and praising of God. Uh, there was shepherds running around telling anyone they could find the exciting news. There was people seeking him and trying to find him. Then when Jesus grew up and he was here on earth ministering, there was multitudes of people seeking him and trying to hear him preach. And these people desired the eternal life that he had to give. Even in recent history of our own country, uh, there was great revivals with thousands of people accepting Jesus and praising Jesus and worshiping Jesus. Today, though, we have a world of people, even God's own children, uh, we have a world uh, that are saying we have nothing but manna. We have nothing but Jesus. Uh, the excitement is gone. There, the desire is gone. The people of this world care way more about other things than they do about the Savior, Jesus Christ. So that leads me to ask, how did we get here? How did we get to the point of saying nothing but manna? Well, we got here pretty much the same way that Israel got here 3,500 years ago. Uh, this is what we're going to focus on the rest of our message. What went wrong and how we got here? Uh, so we're in a point of saying nothing but manna. And, and how did that happen? First of all, we are influenced by people. We're influenced by people and the world. Uh, go back to Numbers chapter 11. Starting in verse 4 this time. Numbers chapter 11 verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Uh, right before Israel starts complaining about this manna, this very thing they used to be excited over. Uh, we are told that there is a mixed multitude here and that some of them were lusting for things that they shouldn't have. Uh, the, the word lusting here means that they were coveting or greedily desiring these things. Uh, part of the people 
that were there were coveting something that they should not have been. Uh, Verse 4 says, mixed multitude. This most likely points to the fact that some of the people there desired to be pleasing to God, desired to follow God. But there was also some there uh, that were distracted by their own lust, their own desire to get whatever they wanted. This can and still happens today. Unfortunately, even Christians can lead their brothers and sisters astray because of their own desires, just like this uh, passage back in Numbers here. Uh, This happens because the focus comes off of God and it shifts to other things. Uh, This can happen because of people having a weak personal relationship uh, with God. And this also happens because of a watering down of the message. Uh, Too often a preacher gets up to preach the message of God from God's word, from our Bible, uh, but the preacher takes part of it out or, or sometimes sugarcoats it in fear of upsetting people. The intention there is I don't want to upset anyone, so I'm going to skip this part. Uh, we need to preach the whole word of God. Uh, we need to preach the whole message and we need to stop cutting parts out because it's not up to us to determine what should be preached and what parts should be ignored. Uh, God left us this completed Bible. He left it for us and told us that every word of it is profitable. Every word of this Bible is good. Every word of this Bible is pure. We need to preach the whole word. The first reason that we went from being excited about our manna, about our Jesus, and then being ungrateful is that we were influenced by people. Uh, The second reason is our feelings can be based on altered memories. Our feelings can be based on altered memories. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 5, it starts off with the phrase, we remember. And then they go on to say a bunch of things that they think was so amazing in Egypt. They think all these things were amazing about Egypt. These are their memories. They're remembering here. Uh, let's take a look at this. You can turn to Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. We're going to see how it really was in Egypt. Exodus chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 8. Now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass, when there falleth out any war, they join unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh, they being Israel, they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. That's how it was in Egypt. Uh, Things were not great in Egypt, but their memories are telling them that everything was great and they need to go back to that great time. Uh, This is really only the beginning of it getting bad. Uh, A whole bunch worse things happen after that and it doesn't go away anytime soon. That was just the very beginning of it. Uh, This memory that they're, they're remembering all the great things of Egypt It's a fake or an altered memory. 
Uh, we know that the passage in Exodus is just the beginning and it gets worse. They spent so many years in affliction and burdens in Egypt. And think of all the uh, the babies that died because of the Pharaoh and all of those horrible things that happened in Egypt. Those things are not great like they're remembering. How many times does one little thing not go perfect and we get ready to go back to something even worse because of our altered memories? Uh, to explain that, I think of uh, jobs. How often have you known someone that quits a job because uh, or they find, let's say they find another job because their previous job was just terrible. They were taking advantage of them. It was horrible. They have to get out of here. So they go and find a new job. They get this new job and they're excited about it. They're telling everybody how great this new place is. They love it. Uh, and then a few months go by and something happens and they're not happy anymore. And they say, well, I should just go back to my last place. Uh, because they're, they're in their mind, they're thinking the last place is better than where they're at now. But that's an altered memory. If it really was as bad as they said it was, then it really probably isn't a better place. Our minds, our minds tend to get things wrong uh, and change things to try to make our thinking on something seem better than it really is. Uh, we need to make sure that we keep a clear remembrance of the past. We shouldn't dwell in the past, but we should make sure the things that we remember of the past is accurate. What did God tell Israel to do when they crossed Jordan? In Joshua 4, 6, it says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in times to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? The stones there existed so that Israel could remember exactly what happened that day. And so they could have a clear memory of the past. Uh, we need to make sure that we are remembering things clearly. Things in our past are there to help us stay on the path we're on now. Uh, they, we can use those to remind us of God's mercy in our lives, of God's greatness in our lives, of God's blessings, God's miracles, uh, God's leading in our life. Let's not alter those memories. Let's also be careful with allowing our feelings to influence our decisions. A lot of times when you're remembering things, uh, feelings get involved. Uh, do not let your feelings make the decisions for you. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, it's a pretty well-known passage. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Let's make sure that we are guided by our own right thoughts and not our feelings. We need to make educated decisions and not emotional decisions. Uh, we need to be well-informed on situations. And what I mean is we need to have a clear remembrance of the past. We need to have searched the scriptures for God's leading. And we need to not let our emotions make the decision. So first, how did we get here? First, we were influenced by the people. Second, our feelings can be based on altered memories. And third, we don't feed the soul. How did we go from being excited for our manna to saying nothing but manna here? We don't feed our soul. How many times did Israel turn away from God? Way too many. Uh, really, even just one time is way too many, but definitely way too many. Every time they turned away from God, they were stopping the feeding of their soul. And they were feeding their flesh instead. And feeding their egos. 
They started looking for things to please themselves, and that caused them to stop looking for things to please their soul and ultimately please God. We need to make sure that we are not starting to feed our flesh because this will cause us to stop feeding our soul. It usually comes gradually. It it somewhat sneaks up on us. Uh, We need to pay attention. Uh, We need to start looking. uh, Sometimes we start looking for just a short amount of time to relax or do something fun or it's just this one weekend I'm going away. The next thing you know, we're taking every single weekend away and we're not serving God anymore. It's gradual. It sneaks up on you. And when we start feeding the flesh and it gets hungry for more, and all of a sudden we have shifted our focus off of God and off of feeding our souls and placed our focus on having fun and feeding our flesh. Now, the flesh is selfish. It's going to try to take up as much time as it can. It's like when you get on YouTube and you say to yourself, I'm only going to watch five short videos. They're just one minute each. I'm only going to spend five minutes on here. Next thing you know, 45 minutes have gone by. Uh, That's how the flesh works. Uh, We need to make sure that our focus is on things above, that we are serving God and we need to keep our eyes on God and keep our eyes vertical, looking up to God and not horizontal, looking out for our flesh. Uh, We are aiming to serve God and better the kingdom. Or are we aiming to serve our flesh and better our life here on earth? Israel stopped feeding their soul every time they left God. And because they left God and stopped feeding their souls, their souls dried up. We need to make sure we don't let our souls dry up. Keep serving God and keep in his word and keep feeding the soul. So again, we're considering how we got to this point of being ungrateful. Uh, First, the influence of people. Second, feelings based on altered memories. Uh, Third, uh, we stopped feeding the soul. And fourth, we fail of the grace of God. We fail of the grace of God. Uh, Hebrews 12.15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby may be defiled. Sometimes we may become ungrateful and get to the point of saying we have nothing but manna because we fail in the way we think. Uh, This failing of grace of God in this verse is speaking of apostasy. Uh, We see here that we can become distant from our faith that once filled us. Uh, not saying that we can be unsaved. That is not possible. It's in God's hands and, and we cannot be plucked out. We are saved. We're always saved. But we can become uncaring about our salvation. We can come to the point where we have abandoned our faith and just have deserted it, basically. Uh, this is what the writer, which is probably Paul, is warning about here. Uh, This verse in Hebrews 12 warns also of a root of bitterness coming up in ourselves. And this bitterness can cause us and will cause us to fail of the grace of God. Uh, Proverbs 14.10, the heart knoweth his own bitterness. Bitterness is a dangerous thing. It can creep up from within our own self. No one has to put it there. They can, it's possible, but they don't have to. 
No one has to invite you to be bitter. You don't have to go to the store and buy it. Uh, it just springs up from within our own self. The verse in Proverbs says that the heart knoweth his own bitterness, not someone else's, your own. Uh, this bitterness is from our own thoughts, from our own feelings, from our own minds and our own hearts. We need to be aware of this so that we can be on guard against it. We also fail of the grace of God when we become jealous. Sometimes we get jealous of the world. Seems crazy, but sometimes. Uh, we see the riches of the world. We see people that are well off. We see the ease of the lifestyle they live, or at least the appearance of it. And, and maybe we see all the vacations or all the nice things they have, and we become jealous of it. We can also become jealous of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we see the blessings that they receive, and we think that we want that. Why didn't we get that? We get jealous of it. We see someone being blessed by God, and instead of praising God for that, uh, instead of praising God with them, we get jealous of them. Uh, this jealousy will lead us to failing of the grace of God. We also fail of the grace of God when we become ungrateful. Uh, we can look around church on Sunday morning and see 50 or so people there and start thinking, why isn't there 100 here? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that. I, wish every, I, I think every single seat should be filled. I want every person in the whole world to come to church every Sunday. I do. I wish that. But I've got to be careful not to be ungrateful for the 40 or 50 or how many ever that are here. We need to praise God and be grateful for that. Uh, maybe we teach a class, in, in a Sunday school class, and we only have two kids this week, and we start thinking, why isn't there 15 kids here? Well, 15 might uh, give you a headache, but, you know, why isn't there more kids here, you know? Uh, we think, all I get to do is run the soundboard back there, you know? Why don't I get to preach? Oh, you can if you want. We'll allow it. Uh, but we start thinking, all I do is I get to clean the church. That's it. All I get to do is help with meals. All I get to do is greet people at the door. I just get to be an usher. Uh, when we do this, we're not just being ungrateful, but we're also saying, all I have is manna. All I have is this Jesus. Uh, we have to guard against being jealous and ungrateful, and we cannot start thinking, all I have is this manna. Turn to Numbers chapter 11 one last time. Numbers chapter 11, verse 18. It says, And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh, for ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. Ye shall not eat it one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month. Until it come out of your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you, because that thou have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? The people, the children of Israel here, thought that having something else to eat was so important. Uh, they, they did this to the point of being ungrateful for what God blessed them with. So now God gives them so much that they now loathe it. Uh, we need to be right with God. Uh, we will find that when we are right with God, we will not only appreciate, 
the things God gives to us and the things God does for us, but we will also loathe the things that we once thought was so important. Now, if you're saved tonight, remember back to when you made that decision to accept Jesus into your life as your personal Savior. Think of that moment when you did that. Think how excited you were at that moment. Now, are you still that excited? And if not, why? Uh, Are you influenced by the people or the world around you? Are you basing your feelings on altered memories? Have you stopped feeding your soul? Did you fail of the grace of God? Now, how about your service to God? Maybe you thought to yourself, yes, I, I am excited about my salvation. And praise God, hopefully that's true about all of us. But are you just as excited about your service to God as when you started? I've seen people jump all in and they're so excited and so eager to serve God. And then a little bit of time goes by and then they're just kind of dragging through it and, and, and they're, they're finding ways to get out of it. And they're, they're, they're just stop showing up at some point and they quit. Are you just as excited about what God has for you to do to serve him as you were when you first started? Let's not be a people that says, all I have is this manna. I have nothing but this manna. Let's be a people that says, praise God for this manna. Let's pray.